This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Everybody just around is just gearing up for season. It gets you so jacked when you just get to talk to everybody about it, where you're just ready to go. And it's finally September. Everybody's just rearing up for it. Everyone's taking time off to be able to go out on all these different hunts. Oh, you got her, dude. She's down. Let's go. Dude, I just shot a deer of a lifetime. Freaking smoked him. One with nature, and if you're a believer, one with God. Definitely gets your heart pumping. Boy, you are in trouble. All Obsession Podcast. All right, everyone, welcome again to the Fall Obsession Podcast. I'm your host this week, Drew Twardick. We're joined this week by Lexi Porter. Uh, she's on as a guest this week. We're going to actually be joining her on a archery deer hunt to North Dakota, but I'll let her introduce herself a little bit and tell you more about that trip. Hey, guys. Uh, my name, like he said, is Lexi Porter. Uh, this will actually be my first North Dakota hunt. Um, I drew a archery mule deer tag out there this year, so that's pretty exciting. We ended up having four people going for tags this year, and two of us drew a tag, and uh, it's the two probably least experienced ones out of the group, so it should be pretty good. Um, we've been kind of just gearing up for it because we had nothing for a spot and stock hunt really geared up, so it's been quite the adventure of research and trying to find spots and the right equipment, so it's been should hopefully be pretty exciting. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I got kind of invited last minute, but I know you guys have been planning this for quite a while. Um, I'm going with just in a filming capacity, just, I thought I heard the story and thought, man, this is going to be something cool. It'd be awesome to, to capture that story and videotape it. So we're going to have that as content coming up, but I guess what about the hunt are you looking forward to the most? I'm looking forward to seeing deer. I guess that's kind of like, obviously this is my first time out there. So actually getting a good spot and stock and completing 
everything where it all goes perfect would be icing on the cake. But if we can get out there and spot some bucks and just get that experience of getting out there, being on a, on a hunt like this, where we're going to be camping out and uh, walking miles every day to, to find these deer and everything. If we can see some bachelor groups or some lone, lone bucks and things like that, I just, that would just, that would be perfect for me just to know that we're doing it right, whether or not we can complete it or not. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I always find it interesting when people are in a new area or trying a new hunt for the first time and just having to learn tactics or learn the area and the landscape. And I mean, even spotting deer for the first time when you're in a new landscape can be tricky at times. You're trying to figure out, Hey, how big are these deer in the landscape? And what am I really looking for as they're moving through? I know it's going to be, it's going to be really exciting to see the first one. I'm going to be like, let's get out of the truck and go <laughs> like the moment we see the first group, but <laughs> I know it's not exactly what we're looking for. So hopefully we're in a decent area and can at least see them deer. If we see those deer, I'm be perfectly happy. Cause I know that we can go out later in the season if we have to and try again. So, yeah. Now without giving away any information as to where we're going to be hunting, uh, what types of places are you planning on hunting and what's your strategy as far as uh, the types of properties? I know your plan is to hunt public land, but kind of walk us through what your plan is there and what types of properties we're going to be on. So we're going to be looking hopefully um, for areas with lots of ridges, places we can get up and sit a little bit higher off the, the flat ground and, and, uh, and be spotting them from there and hopefully we have areas where um we can kind of come down into maybe like gullies or ravines um and be able to come up you know from a different area where we are just skyline the entire time um so hopefully out i mean even if we get some grass and bushes and stuff ideally trees would be great but <laughs> just that scrub brush will make a big difference on being able to get close enough because that's one of my big concerns for me as an archer um obviously i have a pretty short draw length so I don't have a lot of that really nice 300 foot per second speed that a lot of these big bows have. Um, and so I, to be comfortable, I don't want to be seeing my, my arrow arc really high at those longer distances at that deer and just give them plenty of time to duck it and everything with that, with that angle. So I'd like to get as close as I possibly can uh, to these deer. So the more cover that I can find, the better off that I, I'll, the more comfortable I'll feel uh, coming in on those shots and those stocks. Yeah, I know when you kind of showed me the area on the map that we're headed to, uh, that was kind of my concern was that that area of North Dakota really isn't known for a lot of cover or a lot of brush. Um, so we're headed to yeah. some, some pretty wide open spaces. And so we're really going to have are. to utilize the terrain, I think, as much as possible in that and really find the water to find those trees and bushes like you're talking about. Yep, I, th I think that'll be a big, big factor as we're driving through around the area. We're going to stay pretty mobile. That's kind of the goal to, uh, to find, you know, an ideal spot where we want to be, or, you know, worst case scenario, if we really do have to just kind of try it the last couple of days of the hunt and, and see if we can use just the grass that's there as cover. Luckily I'm kind of small. So I think that might help me a little bit <laughs> um, if there is some limited cover, but we'll see how she goes. Yeah. So. And yeah, I know, I know Spencer, who's also joining us on the trip, sent me a video the other night of you practicing in some pretty low light conditions from a kneeling position. So, you know, I think you're getting ready to sneak up on one and shoot them in low light. Let's hope. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it is supposed to be decently windy. So I think that'll also help. Well, not super windy. It looks like 15 to 20s. So that should help a little bit with some noise cover and everything like that, I think, and give us good wind direction if we can get around to the right area to come at them. So 
Yeah, they're also talking a pretty significant drop in temperature, I think, one of the days, too. Yeah, I'm looking for that first day is going to be in the high 90s or mid 90s. And then that next day is supposed to drop down to like 68 to 70 that next morning. So that should hopefully get those deer on their feet. And I'm looking forward to that temperature drop on the next day. Not only for my comfort of walking around out there, but also for hopefully getting those deer moving. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you on that one. It's going to be a lot nicer when it's cool than super hot. Yeah. All right. Uh, what else are you looking forward to on the trip? Uh, who else is joining us? Um, give me just a little bit more details on the hunt. Yeah. Um, so we have um, our buddy Don and then his son is joining us on this hunt. And then obviously my husband, Spencer, uh, you mentioned him and then you, yeah. you're going to come and watch me uh, fall over a couple times on this stock and see what happens. Um, but yeah, we, it kind of came together as kind of just a random thing. We've been talking about it the last couple of years. Like, oh, we really need to try getting out there on some muleys. And this spring, I was just like, you know what? We're doing it. We're putting in for tags. Just let's just see what happens. We're never going to do it if we don't just follow through and actually uh, come together and do it. So um, it's and then we got a good group. We mentioned it to our to those to our friends, Don and, and his son. And they were like, that sounds like a blast. Let's go. Out. Let's do it. And so we all put in um, and everybody Two, I mean, from what we've heard, having two people draw was actually pretty impressive on the first year because um, they said tags are pretty scarce from what I've been hearing from other people, at least. Um, and they might have been referencing gun. I'm not quite sure. I haven't I didn't look up the uh, the rate of gun uh, lottery tickets coming through and everything like that. But uh, I'm I'm just excited to get out there and try this for the first time. Like yeah, this is completely different than our whitetail hunting and everything where you're just you're pretty much sitting in your stand, you patter them as much as you can all summer. Like this is going to be a whole different ball game. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to going out and seeing the deer and actually attempting to get that close to them. And everything. I think that's like the most exciting part for me is if I can actually get close to these deer, because there's nothing like being 30 yards and closer on a deer where you're just up close and personal with them. That's why I love archery so much more than gun. It's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's a blast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, somehow I don't think you are going to be the one who's going to have problems sneaking up on the deer. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I heard a story and I think it's probably better if you tell it, but why don't you tell a story about you spot and stock hunting this turkey that Spencer was trying to tell everybody this spring? <laughs> yeah. So we went out turkey hunting, um, on a farm we, we know this farmer pretty well and uh, he's he's kind of just been really, really great and really open to us coming out and hunting all different types of game out there. And we brought a, we brought our friend, actually Don, um, out for a turkey hunt to try and get him one. And we walked in in the morning and we ended up, we picked a, a great spot. We could actually see the turkey silhouetted in the trees where they were roosting. So we were a little worried. We're like, oh no, they're going to see us like as we're trying to walk into the spot we wanted. So we kind of backed out and came in through a different way. And then they came down out of roost and walked right where we had walked in, where we decided, oh, we can't be there. They're going to see us. And they walked right out that direction. So we sat there for a couple hours and then we decided to get up and move after they were working their way down a field the other direction. And we kind of went out on a little point and we're trying to call them back to us. Um, but they were pretty active on a couple of hens that they had with where they didn't they didn't really want to leave them. They were calling back, but they were not leaving at all. And uh, we were getting pretty close to end time. And I'm like, you know, I'm just going to give it a go. Let's just see what happens. I'm like, the worst I'm going to do is spook them into the woods. They were probably a good oof, 
three, 400 yards from us at that point and just sitting in the very corner of a field. And I'm like, I'm just, I'm, I'm just going to try. I'm like, if they turn around and come to you guys, great. If they don't, I'm just going to try and spot, spot these buggers and see if I can get close enough for a shot. And so there was a little bit of a brush cover along the edge of the trail. And I decided, I'm like, okay, well, let's just see what happens. I would start walking and creeping on them. I couldn't see them. Um, but Spencer was hollering on the call to try and get their direction and their attention on him. So it might be, you know, not quite like, what's that noise coming through the woods? Um, but I ended up, I ended up getting within 30 yards of them. I came up and there was a little shooting trail through and I started walking down. I raised my gun. Unfortunately, I thought the corner of the field and where they were was on the right side. So I was just like harpooned in on this, the right side of this turn down this path. And when I, by the time I actually like turned and looked, which is a couple seconds, I just saw him walking fairly slow, didn't spook him at all, just right into the side of the woods. And I didn't want to take that shot and have to try and track him through the woods because it, it would have been a little bit difficult. And I didn't feel quite confident in that considering it was a span of like two, three seconds of when I walked in. But yeah, I got within like 30 yards of these turkeys. I was so ready for it. I'm like, oh, I can hear them there. They're still there. They got to be there. And I was just looking to the right and they were just 10 yards to the left instead. And I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah. Not an easy task sneaking in on turkeys. No, it was not easy, but it was fun. I'm like, that's <laughs> definitely what I'm going to be doing next year. <laughs> yeah. So now we're headed to North Dakota, put that same sneakiness to work and try and get a mule deer. Yes. Let's hope so. <laughs> so tell, tell us a little bit about, um, sort of your practice regiment, how, what do you have been practicing for? What kind of shots are you taking? Um, what, what's your limit when we get out in the field, things like that? Yeah. So we, we shoot most of the year, especially starting in the spring, we start shooting like a couple of days. Um, every, I would say every like two weeks, we're shooting a couple of days out of, but then this last couple of months, I've been trying to shoot a few times a week. Um, just to get as much practice. And I've been trying to shoot further. So I ended up getting um, a new site this year uh, because my old site was just a three pin steady and it just didn't have the, the range that I wanted. And so I ended up getting a three pin with a slider um, and that's actually helped a lot. So I'm, I've been shooting out. I actually can't shoot past 70 with it <laughs> because we found out where it, the housing sits, my arrow will hit it. Um, so I can't actually shoot out to hundred. So we have to look at that and figure out if we can move it around a little bit so I can at least practice out to that far. Um, but I've been shooting and practicing out to about 60, uh, comfort. I'd like to be within 40 yards, um, just to feel good about that shot and to, to be confident that I'm going to put an ethical shot on the animal just cause I don't, I don't want to be wounding deer if I can avoid it. Um, and I, like I said, I, I'm, I definitely don't have the speed that some other bows do and I don't have the, um, yeah, the speed and the penetration that some of the other bigger bows with the, the heavier arrows can shoot. So I'm trying, I'm, I, I want to get as close as possible in order to not spook the deer, but still have a, a good shot on them where I'm not worried about wounding them. Yep. No, that's definitely something to take into consideration. So what, what is your draw length and what speed are your arrows shooting right now? Yeah. So my draw length is 25. Um, and my speed is about, 238, um, two, 240 um, is what I'm getting on the chronograph, but uh, which, I mean, that's still, that's still fast enough to kill a deer with no issue, anything like that. Yep. Um, 
but it's just, it's more of like, you know, how, how you feel about your shot when you're, t- you're taking that shot. I don't like seeing that arrow going up and arcing so high out at that 60 yard where I'm like, well, that deer is going to see that coming from a mile away and just <laughs> duck it down. It's like, look that arcing through the sky at me. So that's why at the 40, I'm feeling pretty good about it just flying straight and pretty true. So that's where I'd like to be. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I guess what else has gone into the planning you've mentioned, or we've talked about the shooting beforehand, the, the planning, the scouting on the maps. Um, what, what else have you been planning or what else has gone into it? Yeah, it's been a lot of uh, researching, like what other people kind of bring, like for the camping aspect, for food, for, uh, for, I guess, hygiene and like how, what equipment are you using out in the field? How do you like it? Like an angled spotting scope versus the straight spotting scope. What do people have preference for that? Um, what are some things that are going to make the hike out easier? Make sure you have good boots, like your equipment. Um, make sure none of that's all worn out from years of hunting and everything like that. Um, it's been a lot of learning the new, uh, the new land that's out in North Dakota. They have it labeled so differently um, and how they designate things versus Minnesota. So that was kind of a new, I ended up calling the DNR a few times, like talking to them to make sure I'm not interpreting things wrong what I, that I'm reading on their website. So I'm not ending up hunting where I shouldn't or sleeping where I shouldn't. Um, and then like what land is actually open to hunting and what's the best way to, to research that and everything. So we've had some good conversations with them and then uh, getting on their website. I, their website has been really helpful that, that North Dakota DNR website for, for just planning out where we want to go, the different types of land options, like the WMAs, the plots land, obviously uh, like the grassland, just all the different types that they have are out there. The land man or the Bureau of land management or, the, the state trust land, all those different types where it's like, well, is that qualified as state land? You actually get to hunt it. So that's been really interesting to, to research that. And that, that took a lot of time actually to, to kind of pinpoint where you actually want to go and what you want to focus on. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, hunting, having hunted a new state myself a few times, uh, it's one of the most challenging parts is finding out when you can, or when and where you can hunt legally and making sure you stay within those boundaries. Yeah, it's definitely, it's a, it's a big change. So when you're just, when you grow up in the one state and you're kind of like, yeah, I know this one great. And then first time going out of state for something like big game is the rules are different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I remember one of my first trips out of state hunting was down to Texas and just showing up and watching those guys hunt down in feeders is just a total change. Like thinking, man, when's right? the conservation officer going to walk out and when's this? Yeah, I know exactly. Yeah. <laughs> get you in trouble and you're like oh wait no this is allowed (laughs) no this is how how it's done um yeah Yeah. so i guess what what else is going to happen on this trip what else are you looking forward to um i know this is your first mule deer hunt um so just seeing mule deer is going to be exciting but is it an escape for you is it just getting out in the field talk us a little bit more about the enjoyment that you find in that um i think it's getting out and being in the environment and everything like that, just being able to be outside. You're not, you're not cooped up. You're not inside. You're seeing all these different views, all these different landscapes. You're experiencing it with some of your best friends. Like there's, you can't put a price on just being able to be out with a good group of friends where you can just enjoy the day. And whether you see deer or not, you have that good camaraderie where you're, you're planning things. You're trying to, you're trying new things. You're hearing 
uh, different ideas from different people of how to approach this challenge that you might be looking at. And so I think that's going to be really exciting. I think it's going to definitely test my limits as an archery hunter because it's definitely going to be uh, different than what I'm used to. And I'm looking forward to that. I like challenges. So I like hiking too. So that's going to be something I enjoy. And um, yeah, I, I'm, those are some of the big things that I guess I'm looking forward to on trying this and hopefully harvesting a deer because that is going to be, I don't even know. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm a little bit of pessimistic when it comes to uh, hunting for me personally. Like when I go out with someone else and like, oh, you're going to get this. Like, that's just how it always seems to go. I seem to, in my experience, I get really close and I'll see deer or I'll, I'll see the animal I want, but then it just won't, won't quite, won't quite be in the area that I need it to be. And I'll be like, yeah, that's, that just seems about right for me. Like, it's just quite a little bit out of range, a little bit out of the right spot, a little bit of brush in the way or something like that. So yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to, to just being outside and just not being cooped in the house. And for, I mean, this is still season first opening up for everything. So just getting amped up for the whole hunting season overall, like it's just, it's a great start to it. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm, I'm excited too. It's a, I mean, a group of people, um, to fill everyone in, these are all people that I've met, uh, guiding pheasant hunts up in sand pines uh one of the spots that i guide uh with moose and just a great group of people and we've just kind of connected over the years and now we're all going on our this will be the first hunt that we've all gone on together um and i'm pretty excited just for that portion of it so yeah it's gonna be exciting it's nice because we always and like you said we've known everybody from sand pines and whenever we get together there it's just an absolute blast so can't even imagine i mean it's just another another hunting trip for everybody to just have a blast around. So, <laughs> yeah. And it's funny too, cause we're always sharing hunting stories and we all have very similar stories of, you know, what we're chasing <laughs> after we just happen to, you know, miss each other if, by a few weeks here and there in different States and everybody's trying to do the same thing. So <laughs> it's going to be exciting to have everybody there on one now. So, yeah. One of the things that we talk about a lot here on the show uh, is having female hunters or the huntress is kind of the motto that we like to use. Uh, so tell us a little bit about how you got into hunting. Um, what got you into hunting the, like what inspires you about hunting and, um, you know, anything else you'd like to share on that? Yeah. So I did not really grow up. I didn't really grow up hunting. Um, my, my family, some of my siblings, uh, some of my older siblings were a little bit into it and, and their um, significant others kind of got them into hunting a little bit more. Um, but I've always been uh, interested in fishing and I always, I've always been very outdoorsy where I like to do these things. I've always loved animals. Um, and it was something I was really interested in getting into. And, but it's, especially as a female, it's kind of hard to navigate that uh, when you're on your own. Um, there's not... I mean, it seems like it's definitely progressed since I've started hunting where there's a lot more groups and things like that, where it's like, Hey, we, we want to show you how to do this. We want to get you into it. Um, when I first started it, it didn't really seem like something that was, I was ever going to be able to figure out unless I had, uh, somebody who I was close to who did a lot of hunting. Um, and luckily I met Spencer and he really pushed me, uh, when we were dating, he was like, just, just walk into the archery shop, just do it and just tell him, Hey, I, I'm interested. I know nothing about this. I really would like to try a bow and like start into this thing. And 
once once you get that past that of like, hey, I'm gonna be that silly person walking in, no idea what I'm doing. Um, once you get past that, everyone is so helpful uh, in trying to get you into it and show you the ropes and everything like that. It's just getting that first push to actually go out and talk to people and go talk to the archery shops and and get a bow set up and just start shooting. Um, that was like the biggest thing for me because I just had no idea where to start and you don't want to just, I guess, without that push of him saying, hey, just walk into the shop. Nobody cares. Nobody's going to be judging you for that. Just walk in. Um, that was a huge thing for me. And that's kind of where it all started because I shot that first bow and I'm like, oh my goodness, this is so much fun. This is so enjoyable. Like even just at Target and everything like that. It's just a good time to just be out there and, and pulling back the bow and shooting it. Um, so that was the biggest driver for me. And then uh, obviously I, I'm still still with Spencer, <laughs> pretty happy with him. So, so now it's like, that's kind of all we do is we do all types of different hunting. We do our upland bird, we do waterfowl, uh, the big game, everything like that. Pretty much anything we can try and do. It's like, yeah, let's do it. Let's send it out. Let's, let's give it a shot and see how it goes. And that's pretty much all our fall. And then winter we start our ice fishing. Cause I've always done that as a kid. And I, that was my biggest thing is Spencer's from Mississippi. And so, so trying to get him into that, I was like, Hey, this is pretty fun. And once I got him hooked on that, I'm like, perfect. We're all set. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, awesome. Yeah, that, yeah. It's, it's a blast. It's definitely harder being a female, like in, in all those things. Cause trying to find like friends to do it. Um, now Facebook's been a huge, huge help when it comes to all those different things, like finding other women to, to hunt with or to fish with and all that. But that's, there's so many groups out there now. It's just crazy. Yeah. I think you said an important thing in there too. And that's that your local bow shop, um, maybe not yeah. necessarily a big box store, but the local bow shops for sure. If you go in there and you have no knowledge at all and ask them about stuff, man, they light up. That's their chance to talk about yeah. everything they know and share every little trick and trade they know and get you set up. And then when they hear that you come back and say, Hey, I shot my first year, those guys are some of the most excited to hear that story. They are. They're just stoked for us every time. Like every time we tell them, we're like, Hey, like for this year, I told them like, yeah, we're going out to try Muley. And they are just absolutely thrilled. They're like, that's going to be so great. I'm headed out there later in the season and all that. And it's just cool to be able to swap those stories. And now that we know them pretty well, cause we go in pretty often, it's, it's even more fun to share the like more personal stories behind it and everything. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it was just opening opening uh waterfall you mentioned waterfall hunting uh so we had early yeah. early teal season and early goose season started here last weekend um tell us yeah. about your first trip out with the new puppy yeah oh he did awesome just gonna preface it for that um <laughs> so we, we were out uh down in southern minnesota and we were out with a bunch of friends for early goose and early teal uh, we didn't see too many geese flying, which was a little bit surprising. Um, they were saying they didn't have as good of a hatch down there because there was a lot less water. Um, so we, we were mostly focusing in on the teal and everything like that. And it was the first, when, when Boone went on that first retrieve, we were like, oh, this is going to be interesting. Like, I mean, it's, it's in a really, it was in a really tough spot for him. It was super mucky. It wasn't deep enough for him to where he could actually swim really. So he was doing his little hop the entire way out there. And, uh, and he, he realized the difference between the decoy and the dead duck almost immediately. Cause he, he looked at the decoy and he's like, Oh, that, that ain't quite what I'm going for. And then he continued his way on out to the duck. Um, and he just turned around, brought it back, brought it back to hand. 
Um, Spencer does a phenomenal job with dog training. He really likes it. Uh, I know you guys work a lot at the pheasant farm with the dogs and everything like that. Um, and so he was just beaming. So he didn't even shoot most of the time because he was just working <laughs> with the dog, trying to make sure he had a good experience on his first hunts and everything. But he was just an absolute tank. He came back. He was a red lab when we started and he was a black lab by the time we were done. <laughs> it was so mucky. But yeah, it's it was just that's one of the coolest things, like especially about bird hunting is be able to watch your dogs work and everything like that. When you just you just see them light up in the field and you see them get jittery and jacked for what they know is coming. And when you see them watching the skies, all those birds flying around, you know, you're like, yes, this is going to be a good day. <laughs> yeah. Uh so you've got two other dogs, uh, the German short hair pointer, uh, goose, yep. did he make it out to the blind as well? Or did he stay back? He, he didn't, he stayed back. So he, he got to just have a relaxing weekend. He wasn't too thrilled about it. <laughs> we just wanted to be able to watch, uh, Boone go and make sure he had plenty of retrieves on the start. Um, so yeah, he stayed back and he just got to look for Tweety birds at the campsite <laughs> and then, uh, our other lab was backup for the, for the, we had another lab with us. She's, she's 11. So she was getting up there and, uh, we, we were hunting with her and I mean, she's just a seasoned dog. She's constantly sitting there just staring into the sky and I know what I'm looking for. You don't need to tell me anything. And we kind of kept Kimber as like, well, if, if she, we need a backup, we can run goose or Kimber, but we'll let those two be out there for right now to get some good little few retrieves and stuff like that. So, yep. Yep. And then you got one more dog. Oh, and then we got one more dog. Then we got Maverick. <laughs> Maverick is an Australian shepherd. Um, he is, he loves the water and he's figuring out pheasant hunting, but to get that uh, retrieving drive built into an Aussie who's not really instinctual on it is very difficult. So he, he brings back his toys and, and the wings like a champ, but once he gets the real bird, he's like, oh, this is a toy. I'm not going to bring this back to you right now. And so you'll get maybe one or two. And then he's like, yep, this is just going to be my toy now. So it's kind of frustrating if you can't get a lab in there right away, <laughs> but yeah. he does flush them. So I'll give him that. He flushes them. There we go. I, if we got to have a lab out there to retrieve it, then that's what we'll do. <laughs> yeah. And I will say he did try and retrieve it a couple of times last year when I saw him in the, in the yeah. last hunt of the fall, but all the other dogs would just steal it from him. So he was making the effort, but just couldn't get it there. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be nice if he just wanted to hold on to it a little bit harder, but usually I'll just let him take it. <laughs> uh, anything else that you want to talk about, about our upcoming trip or anything you get into in the fall in the woods? Ooh, I don't know. This was, I, I, I didn't really know what to talk about coming on here. So I'm just, I'm ready for season where everyone at where I work, we're all just talking about it and just everybody's gearing up for different types of trips. A lot of them do a bunch of elk hunts every year and then, a lot of people are into waterfall and they talk about all their dog stories because some of them have some new dogs and they have some older dogs and everybody just around is just gearing up for season. It gets you so jacked when you just get to talk to everybody about it where you're just ready to go. And it's finally September. Everybody's just rearing up for it. Everyone's taking time off to be able to go out on all these different hunts. Um, I'm really excited for whitetail this year too, because we actually, we have a, a trip planned with some friends out in Ohio to do some whitetail hunting later in the season, more towards November. And so we're really looking forward to that trip too. Um, Cause that should be really fun. It's a, it's a good group of guys that uh, Spencer was in the Marine Corps with and they try to get together for a hunt, uh, some kind of hunt uh, every year or every other year at the most. Um, 
but yeah, so we're really looking forward to that and just whitetail hunting around here and when pheasant will open up so we can go out there. Hopefully we can get down to the pheasant farm here soon and maybe do some pre pre-practice for them and yeah. <laughs> get them back and onto it. <laughs> yeah. If it wasn't 85 degrees out, it might be a good idea. <laughs> I'm hoping that temperature shifts that's out there happens here too. Cause man, is it toasty. <laughs> yeah. So one of the things we like to do with new guests is ask them a series of questions. Um, so it, they're pretty easy. Uh, what is your <laughs> dream hunt? Ooh, my dream hunt, probably a caribou. I think they're just such cool animals. Like I, I know that from what you see and everything, it's not quite the, the most, I mean, it's a difficult hunt to get on and everything like that and to go out to do, but it's not like a goat hunt where you're up in the mountains and things like that. But I just, I think they're just such a cool animal to see. And the fact that they, they travel in these herds and everything, where you can just see all the different development stages of them and everything. And, and that, that coat and their, 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 uh, antler set and everything. I don't know. I just think it's, they're a really cool, majestic looking animal to me. And I think that would probably be my dream hunt. So. Yeah. That's one we hear pretty frequently. A lot of people yeah. have that on their list. They're just so cool. And you're up in such a beautiful spot in the, in the, us and canada and all and or even further i mean i guess you can go wherever you want but yeah it's like it's just it's such a cool animal and it's not something you really see ever or i mean unless you go to a farm that has caribou around here maybe or something like that but i just i think they're a really cool animal so yeah uh next question what's your most memorable hunt oh that's a tough one honestly I'm sorry. I have to try. I'm trying to think through them right now. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> it was probably being my first deer that I, that I shot. Like that's the most of like the actual act of taking the animal. I think that was like one of my most memorable, like other points, obviously you remember your other ones, but that one, I just remembered like the whole experience of it. Uh, we were down in Mississippi. Um, and Spencer was kind of showing me a place that he used to hunt when he was younger and his friends used to hunt. And we were sitting out there. It wasn't, a, it was just a little button buck. We thought it was a doe because he was, this was, it was with a rifle and it was about 110 yards off or something. Um, or yeah, maybe about a hundred yards away. And we were sitting in the stand and it was just a really cool experience to be in a place where he was. And then he was taking me out. This is my first deer hunt and everything like that, or not my first deer hunt, but the first time I harvested an animal as a deer hunt. And it was, it was just so cool to see it. Cause we, so we, we had him, I call him the recon deer. <laughs> Cause when I, he came out and he was by himself for like five minutes, he's like, well, you know, let's just take him. Let's take him. I'm like, okay. And so I was so excited. I was hunting with a 30 at six and I remember putting it up and it was just, it was perfect. And I remember looking down the scope and I'm like, okay, die. Like this, this is what's supposed to happen. And then I'm like, oh, I actually have to pull the trigger on this to like, visit like, as you're watching him through the scope. And it was just kind of one of those things where it's like, you really realize it when you're, when you're watching him down with the crosshairs. And then, um, I ended up, I, I took the shot and immediately when I, when I shot, I said, Oh, I missed because he jumped so high and I wasn't used to seeing it. And Spencer was like, uh, no, you didn't miss. Cause he watched it outside of the scope, just flop over into the weeds dead immediately. And I'm like, I missed right after I shot and he made fun of me. He still makes fun of me every, every day for that. And I, that's probably like one of my most memorable ones just cause it went so well. And it was just, 
it, it was my first deer and then we walked up on it and or this was after a little while because after about five minutes after shooting them that's why i call them the recon deer is like a whole little family of eight came out <laughs> i'm like oh no i shot the one that was supposed to give the all clear <laughs> and then, but yeah so that was probably my most memorable hunt that i had so far <laughs> that's awesome that was awesome. Uh, so one of the other questions we normally ask is, what are you looking forward to this season? But I think we covered that pretty well in the first half. I think we have. Yeah, yeah you're, you're really looking forward to that, that mule deer. Um, yeah, I don't know. Anything else you're looking forward to this season besides that mule deer hunt that you've got on your horizon or anything um, like that? I mean, just being out in the woods again, I'm looking forward to that. I'm not looking forward to the no sleep situation again. All the, the mornings of sleeping in are going to be gone for this year, but um, I'm definitely looking forward to just getting out there and hopefully and seeing what we kind of have uh, back on our property. See if we get some of the bucks that we've seen over the summer stick around a little bit or if they're all going to disappear towards towards the rut like they usually do. Um, but just to see which uh, what little bucks in person that we kind of have out coming around to the food plots and things like that. And then uh, see our, we have a doe, we have a couple does that have multiple fawns. So it's always fun to see them. Um, I'm looking forward to see if our really smart doe is still here who always busts us <laughs> within the first week. <laughs> she's a, she's a snorter. She always blows at you every time you're in there. You get her about the first week where you'll notice she'll come into the plot. And then after that, she catches you one time and she, you can see her in the woods just circling back around behind your stand and never comes in, just constantly stomping. You're like, you can't even see me. Why are you stomping like this? <laughs> Might have to take her out early in the season. I know we've been, we've been trying to let her go, but we've been talking about it over the last year. Cause she's been in there about three, four years now. And we're like every time, every time. <laughs> so I'm curious to see if she made it through again, which it would not surprise me through this year and then see her out there and let her uh, sound the alarm again for us out here. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, what, a week and a half, I think, not even, until our season opens here. Yeah, not quite. I'm actually going to be, uh, another thing I'm looking forward to, I actually have a all-women's goose hunt on archery opener for that weekend, so I'm actually going to miss archery opener to be out uh, out west doing an all-women's goose hunt, so that should be fun. That's the first one I've done. Uh, we're going with Maxed Out Outdoors, um, and then, yeah, and it's going to be, I think we have like eight women or something like that who are going to be all out there, and looks like a few of them have gone on this trip before and yeah so it should be a really good time to actually to meet some people and have a good good hunt sitting out there so yeah we'll have to have you back on after that trip to give us a recap of that because that sounds pretty exciting i'll try yeah, yeah. hopefully i won't bumble too bad for you yeah don't miss <laughs> yes <laughs> oh well I think we will try and have you back on after we make it out to North Dakota. Um, love to hear the follow-up on your story out there. Um, thank you for yeah, joining you. us today. It was awesome having you on um, as a last-minute guest. Uh, I, think, <laughs> yeah. I think it was important to tell the story beforehand. Um, it's always nice to see that experience for what people were expecting versus you know what the hunt actually turned out to be. So it'll be interesting to hear the follow-up of this. I'm excited to hear that and excited to be on the trip to see what happens. So hopefully I can lift up a set of antlers over here too and be like, here's the start. Yeah. You have to <laughs> it clear turned some... out well, just the preface. <laughs> yeah. You have to clear some space on the wall behind you. Oh Lord. Yeah. We'll have to figure that one out. We're running out of space in the living room. So that's a... pretty happy about it. <laughs> that's a good problem to have. Yes, it is. <laughs> All right. Well, Lexi, thanks 
for joining us. Um, everyone at home, thank you for listening. This episode was brought to you by Ridge Rock Hunt Club. Uh, there are partners. Go check out their both YouTube page and their um, social media website and things like that. They book awesome bucket list hunts for people throughout the U.S. Um, thanks for joining us.